On today's episode of the 1012 Podcast, Colorado is coming home. Zach Seegers of Mile High Sports joins the show to talk about what that means, how fans are feeling about that, and Deion Sanders' impact on that decision, plus the latest on conference realignment with the Big 12, and why I am in love with West Virginia fans right now. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference plus Colorado. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Yes, we are back on a Monday. As you know, during the season, Mondays and Thursdays, I was going to wait to go back to our two-episode-a-week schedule, but with everything going on, it's kind of hard to just stick to one episode a week on a Thursday, we had to put out an episode today. Because look, the live episode last week, our fan cast, absolutely fantastic. We got to talk a little bit about Colorado rejoining the Big 12. Well, now it's official. Now it is happening. Summer of 2024, the University of Colorado, the Buffaloes return to the Big 12, the conference they once called home. We have to discuss it. Of course, that live episode is available everywhere podcasts are available, and you can watch it on our YouTube channel. You find exclusive interviews posted there with some fantastic guests. Link is in the bio. Make sure you subscribe. So we got to talk about what's going on. We're going to talk about realignment. It's time to do so. A little bit more now that we have something to actually talk more about. Colorado's rejoining the conference, and it's huge. It is. It, it is a big thing. It, We can set Colorado's success on the gridiron and on the court aside. There's no arguing that this is nothing close to Oklahoma or Texas going to the SEC or hell, even when Colorado left the Big 12 to the Pac-12, Colorado has been bad in the Pac-12. But what's important here is you're getting a school to leave another Power 5 conference to join yours. Since the Big 12 has been in its on the verge of collapse, it's brought in a Big East team, a Mountain West team, three AAC teams, and an independent who has never been in a Power 5 conference. This conference has reloaded each time with G5 programs. Uh, we can argue about the Big East. It had an it was an automatic qualifier. The winner got to go to a BCS bowl game. But this is the first time one would actually sit here and say a Power 5 team has left their conference to join the Big 12. That is huge. And it's why Big 12 fans are celebrating. It's why Big 12 fans should be celebrating. And I'm not going to allow anyone to poo-poo it or talk about San Diego State's a a better ad for the Pac-12. It might be. That's fine. It's in California. They've had more success. Cool. Awesome. For Big 12 fans, we have spent more than a decade with everyone wondering when the Big 12 was finally going to collapse. As we stand here today, it's not. And national sports media is finally singing a different tune, and props to those acknowledging that they were wrong. Very few, most of them more just like, wow, this is happening. 
It's a state of shock and awe. Getting Colorado back to the Big 12 is huge. Getting a different team to leave the Pac-12 will be even bigger. The Buffs are going into just their 13th season as a member of the now Pac-9. That's not a lot of history. They were conference mates with Kansas State, Kansas, and Iowa State from 1948 to 1959 as part of the Big 7, added Oklahoma State starting in 1960 as part of the Big 8 and Big 12. There is a lot of shared history with the teams still in this conference and with this conference. There is no lack of familiarity. Yeah, It's been 13 years. It's not that long. In the grand scheme of things, when you compare 13 years to 1948 until they left in 2010, that history exists. That history does not exist with somebody like Arizona. Wildcats have been in the pack, whatever, since 1978. Getting them to leave the Pac-12 to join the Big 12 is a very different thing. Same thing with an Arizona State. Same thing with an Oregon or a Washington, Utah to a lesser extent. You could argue swaying any of the other current Pac-9 teams away would be a bigger get because of the lack of shared history. And I think that that's true. The next chip that falls, if it falls, and at this point it's hard to see it not happening, but I'm not going to predict it because that's just not what I do, and I don't have any inside sources beyond what all of you have. Yes, I follow Jason Shear's work at 247 on the Arizona side, and he is feeling fairly confident that a move will come and very adamant that it should for Arizona. I think this week will be very interesting if the rumors are true that George Klyavkov has to have a deal to present to the university presidents this week. A deal on the table has to be presented this week. Arizona's weighing all their options more than they ever have. If they leave the Pac-12 for the Big 12, yes, part of it is because it's a Pac-12 conference that is collapsing. But it also speaks to the current stability of the Big 12 conference, something that we have not enjoyed in a very long time. So what happens next? General consensus is, yes, Brett Yormark has said he wants to have 14 teams. They really want 16. They want to get to 16. That's the magic number. They can. Perhaps. I've, I've said for a while, I'm perfectly fine at 14. I don't need to go to 16 just to go to 16. Ah, hell. I think Arizona's coming. I do. Uh, at this point, I would be more surprised if they stayed. Unless George Klyavkov pulls a magic rabbit out of his hat. And I, I've seen the reporting of, well, there's a deal out there for what the Big 12 got. The problem with statements like that is it implies that it's a good deal that has all the elements. You're not going to get that amount with broadcast TV airtime the way the Big 12 is. Look, a lot of the Big 12 is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. We know that. That's fine. But if they're getting that kind of dollar, it's probably only from Apple. And if you're going with Apple, most of your stuff's going to be on Apple. I think Arizona's coming. Who are the next two? Is it Oregon and Washington? 
Is it Utah and Arizona State? I don't know. I don't know. I think Oregon and Washington make a lot of sense. I think that the Big 12 is a perfectly fine stopgap for them until the Big 10 decides that they want them. But this idea that the Big Ten is just going to come calling. I've I've seen the like Big Ten is going to add Oregon and Washington this week. There is zero indication that that's going to happen. Zero indication the Big Ten wants to expand. Every single thing we have heard is that the Big Ten presidents do not want to under, to expand. And I know they say those things until their opinion changes quickly. But this isn't the same as leaving a conference. This is inviting more teams and dividing up a pie further. So unless NBC and Fox and CBS have come and said, we'll pay you more by adding Oregon and Washington. I don't see any reason or incentive for them to do it. It's better travel partners for USC and UCLA. USC doesn't want them. They don't want to share the West Coast with Oregon and Washington and the Big Ten. And that just means that there's a higher likelihood that the Big Ten teams are going to have to travel out West more often. That's more travel. For your teams. Right now you play USC, UCLA, like, yeah, on a regular basis in some Olympic sports, football, not every year. Adding Oregon, Washington, now nah, you're probably going to go out west once a year, or at least once every other year. I just, I don't see the Big Ten adding them. I don't see the incentive for the Big Ten to add them. So, do Oregon and Washington hold whatever's left together? Hold the Pac-8? I don't know. Where the hell are they going to get more teams? For 2024, they're already down to nine teams. For a Mountain West Conference team to leave the Mountain West and join the pack whatever for summer of 2024, it's going to have to pay $34 million. Mountain West has no incentive to offer them a deal for less. I don't think anybody's paying that. AAC, I can't get a firm grasp on what the, the buyout would be for an AAC school, say an SMU, to join next summer. I can't get a firm number. That seems like the most likely option. There's not an independent out there you're going to grab. It's a precarious situation. I think Oregon and Washington are more likely than Arizona State and Utah. And I don't, I'm with most Big 12 fans. Like uh, The Utah stuff from fans, I don't, I'm not interested. Thank you. We're good with BYU. We don't need any more schools from the state of Utah in the conference. We're set. Thanks. We're set. We're set. It's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be an interesting month. If you're expecting something to happen quickly, um, allow me a moment to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, first being, the last time we did this in the Big 12, back in 2011, like this stuff took a little bit of time. Texas A&M announced that they were leaving the Big 12 in August of 2011. Missouri announced they were leaving in November of 2011. There was some time in between. Now, TCU announced on October 10th of 2011 that they would be joining the Big 12. West Virginia announced on October 28th. Much less time in between those two. It could be this week. I doubt it. I would, uh, if you want me to put a date on this, I have. I don't have one. Before the season starts, potentially. October, maybe. End of the year, I doubt it takes that long. If another team is leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big 12, my expectation is that by the end of September, that move has been made. You know all you're going to know. There's, you've, it's, you've had plenty of time, Klyavkov, to keep this thing together. So far, you've been able to. So, uh, don't expect something this week. 
I don't expect anything this week. I would be shocked if something happened this week. I would be shocked if something happened just didn't happen this week. One thing that should happen this week is you should go to Last Stand Hats and equip your head for the upcoming college football season. Fantastic, unique designs. You are going to absolutely love. I have become a hat guy the older I get. No, I have a great head of hair. Please understand. It's not because I'm balding, uh, much to the dismay of my father, who used to This is looking to your future. Sorry, Dad. I got my grandpa's hair, um, which is a full head of hair, until I'm in the grave, which is fantastic. But I've become a hat guy, and I like unique hats. I've got a collection that I'm building. Minor League Baseball hats are incredible. Anyways, Last Stand Hats. You go there and shop now, laststandhats.com. Use the promo code NETWORK12 for 10% off your order. They've got a lot of other things, too. They've got some really neat polos. They've got some other gear. I'm all about the hats. They've got Oklahoma State. They've got Texas. They've got TCU. They've got Texas Tech. They've got some other schools from the state of Texas as well. If you want your school added, let them know. Hell, let me know. Let me know. Hit us up in the in our DMs on Twitter. X, whatever it's called. At 1012network. T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. And I'll pass the message on. But go to laststandhats.com. Use that promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2 for 10% off your order at laststandhats.com. Uh, we do have a great guest today, Zach Seegers. We'll talk a little bit of Colorado. The move to the Big 12 that is impending. But before we do that, West Virginia fans, God bless you. You beautiful, beautiful people. I have felt for the longest time like West Virginia would rather not have to be in the Big 12. In fact, the whole like West Virginia, the ACC, they wish they could be in the ACC. They miss being in the, their, their, the pit and... And all these teams in that conference they used to have in the Big East and have these relationships with, if they could go to the ACC, they would. Or perhaps not. Perhaps Brandon Marcello, 247 Sports, put out an article talking about realignment. One of the notes was about the ACC. Of course, it talked a lot about Florida State actively looking to get out of the ACC, something they're not going to be able to do anytime soon. Uh, But I'm going to read part of this for you quote the more likely option for the acc is expansion commissioner jim phillips told espn thursday the conference is quote absolutely unquote open to expanding beyond 14 members though the prospect was not at the forefront of his agenda earlier this year colorado joining the big 12 seemingly shifted his tone this is the quote from phillips you have to understand what's going on across the country phillips told espn maybe you preempt another league's expansion maybe you don't maybe there's a first thing that has to happen before you make a move there's a variety of ways you attack this end quote this is marcello again smu and west virginia appear to be the most viable options should the conference become serious about expansion industry sources told 247 sports SMU expressed interest in joining the ACC and explored a realignment partnership with Rice as recently as 2021, another source said. West Virginia be a viable option should the ACC look to expand. West Virginia finally able to go back with their old friends, join the ACC. The thing that we've heard and assumed they've wanted to do, they've been fine being in the Big 12. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Or maybe not. Friend of the pod, Ethan Bach, who's recruiting analyst for the Portal Report and uh, writes for West Virginia Sports Now, put out a tweet that says, makes zero sense in 2023 for West Virginia to entertain a move to the ACC. Ethan, we love you. The comments backed this up. 
that replies to him backed this up. So, of course, I said I never thought I'd see the day when West Virginia fans in their replies would choose the Big 12 over the ACC. And the replies that I got. J.G. Dunn, the ACC is on borrowed time. Nothing they do will prevent the premier teams from leaving. If when the Big Ten SEC come calling, the ACC had time after time to offer West Virginia to turn their nose up after they get ready, the Big 12 will grab some good teams left and the ACC won't exist. Christopher W. Cooper, geography is only a stressor. Otherwise, the Big 12 is a great fit. Land-grant school, research partnerships that match institutions. ACC would be great to lock in Pitt and VPI. But otherwise, we know a good thing, and this is most stable spot right now. Uh, Noah, primetime Devers, friend of the pod. I love the Big 12. I would just rather have away games that are day trips instead of weekend getaways. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. West Virginia Sports Talk. I think the only conference West Virginia would leave for would be the Big Ten. A quarter of the ACC schools are likely going to end up in another conference anyway. James WV88, Big 12 tossed us a lifeline when we needed it most. I also believe adding some Eastern schools curbed any doubts most people had about staying in the Big 12. DM434, outside of playing a Big East schedule in the ACC and having old rivals back, not worth the major millions we would lose and have to sit in an agreement that lasts forever. I love it. This is a huge turn. From the way West Virginia fans have been about the ACC and the Big 12, it just, it is. It speaks to the perception of the Big 12, the perception of the ACC. Bless you, West Virginia fans. I love you. I'm thrilled that you now feel like you belong and are in home. This, I'm not kidding. Like I sound like I'm being sarcastic, and to some extent I am being a little bit, but I'm also like dead serious. Like, welcome. This is the first time that I feel like West Virginia fans are acting like they're truly part of the family. And they are. We love you. We're thrilled to have West Virginia in the conference. It's amazing. You fit. Wish you won more. You do too. But you fit. I love it. I just, I love, I, this conference is coming together more and more. Not just, not just, not just the ADs, but like the fan bases really are coming together. And that is just incredible. Like, it's fine to hate it. It really is the, like the big brother, little brother. Like, we're going to pick on each other all damn day. But don't you dare, other person outside of the Big 12, talk shit about one of our teams. We will defend them with our dying breath. Now, inside the conference, beat them up. Tear them down. Call them names. That's cool. Outside of, take care of your own. Stay away from ours. All right, Zach Seegers. Mile High Sports. Mile High Sports joins the show. Let's talk a little Colorado, the Big 12. Let's get to it. Colorado will be back in the Big 12 next summer. I mean, this is what we're all talking about is what is happening, what's next. Had to bring somebody on to chat about it. Zach Seegers, senior writer, editor for Mile High Sports, joining us today. Zach, welcome to the 1012, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to even have it make sense for me to be on the the 10 12 i think that <laughs> this is be an exciting chapter for all of us i mean that's the obviously the the other nine schools in the pac 12 aside like big 12 fans are i mean thrilled this is i mean from a big 12 perspective it's the first time in more than a decade the conversation around the big 12 has been a a positive one that the word stability has been thrown about and used in reference to the big 12, that there's not someone who's just waiting for the inevitable demise of this conference. So like, it's a very positive feeling for the big 12 fans. So I'm, I'm curious from a Colorado perspective, like what's the vibe with Colorado fans right now? 
Yeah, well, I, I remember when we left the Big 12, I was thinking that the Big 12 was going to die. You know, you had us leave, Nebraska leave, um, Mizzou left in that same stretch, and then um, A&M, of course. So uh, credit to the Big 12 for persevering and, and managing that whole situation a lot better than the Pac-12 has, you know, as we arrive at this juncture. And I think, yeah, for Colorado fans, you have to be excited. I think this is another win that Coach Prime has helped the program secure uh, before even getting on the field. You know, I think everyone knows this year might be rough in the wins and losses column, um, but what he's already brought to the university is insane. I think it's underrated how bad last year's team was under Carl Durrell. Like that, that argument for the very worst team in all of FBS football. I think a good number of FCS teams could have whooped them too. Um, so it's turning around and I think, yeah, the Big 12 is very exciting. I think it's always made more sense for Colorado to be in the Big 12 rather than the Pac-10 slash 12, just regionally. And of course, that's where their roots are. I know the fan base is very excited about it. You have really like CU doesn't have a lot of Pac-12 fans. You know, they have a, a good year or two, but I don't think they've ever won a bowl game. They've never won a, yeah, they've never won a bowl game as a member of the PAC 12 conference. Like they haven't instilled a really strong and they've never made the sweet 16 during that stretch either. So they don't have like a really strong PAC 12 fan base. All the fans are people that remember the glory days of the big 12 and the matchups with Nebraska and Kansas and Kansas state. And those rivalries, even Oklahoma State. Um, and I think there is a palpable excitement to get that nostalgia back of the CU glory days. And, you know, Prime's a part of that and going back to the Big 12's part of that. Uh, so I've got a couple other questions kind of tied to some of the things you mentioned. So I'll go kind of in order based off things you've said. Obviously, the comments have been made, you know, Deion Sanders would like to be in Texas. He has a very strong reputation in Texas. Texas is a place that... He's very well known. It's a place that Colorado used to be able to recruit well, not so much since they moved to the Pac-12. I'm I'm trying to figure out how a percentage point, because the idea of giving someone who's never actually coached a game at your school an amount of power to dictate where that university should be located as far as conference goes sounds crazy no matter who the head coach i don't care if nick saban shows up at your school tomorrow if he goes we're going to this conference like i don't okay hold on so like if you were to put a percentage amount on this how much do you think dion actually influenced this decision i'm sorry i was muted i I don't think he's (laughs) seen it on the cu side all that much i think cu was looking at this i think he might have influenced it more on the big 12 sides just by making cu less of a dumpster fire. I think, you know, the Pac-12 looks like it's headed for collapse and we're going to have a bunch of schools heading all over the place. I'm sure CU would have been one of the stragglers to catch on with the Big 12, but I think it would have been a less appealing deal. They would be looking, they would be one of these teams looking for a life raft as opposed to, I think with Dion and then some of the big recruiting moves they've made on the basketball front as well. Um, the program just looks better. It, it The whole athletic department, I should say, not just the football program, but the whole athletic department just looks nicer. The women's basketball team just made the Sweet 16 and gave Caitlin Clark a run for her money. Um, I think it just looks a lot more respectable. Like CU's been great at skiing and nothing else for a while. And right now, and, you know, the Big 12 uh, listeners probably aren't 
as familiar with it, but right now CU is a, in an exciting place with all their teams. Um, obviously the coach prime stuff, everyone will know that, but on basketball, they're bringing back just about everyone and they're adding the number one recruit in the nation for some services and another top 50 recruit. So like they can make some noise this year. Um, and they're bringing back, you know, again, their biggest stars from last year, the women's team is losing one person. It was their, the worst member of their starting five. And they brought in two top 100 recruits and two, three, uh, transfer portal people. So that, and that team was in the sweet 16 last year. They're going to make some waves. Um, so I don't think he, and I know CU has been working on this for a while. They've been, I think looking outside of the PAC 12 since at least last off season, last summer, I should say. Um, so I don't think he, he was a big decision making factor for CU, but I think he, he polished that turd up a lot. <laughs> it certainly doesn't help when you bring in somebody who's avid about being able to get into Texas. Uh, the other thing, and it's kind of a question I had had already, which was what do you think is, is stronger uh, between two things? One, uh, the the sadness Colorado fans will feel about in losing certain Pac-12 rivalries relationships or the excitement about renewing relationships with, I mean, teams in Kansas State, Iowa State, Kansas, and Oklahoma State that they have been with since the beginning of the Elite Eight for a very long time. Yeah, it's, I think there's a lot more excitement. Again, there's there's that feeling of wanting to return to nostalgia and that fan base never got built up in the Pac-12. Like you say, those Pac-12 rivalries, what rivalry? There's like maybe a little, there was a, a year of spice with Oregon when CU went up and upset Oregon uh, uh, in Autzen. Like, but I don't think that was ever a rivalry. Definitely not from Oregon's perspective. Um the Utah thing, they've tried to make it a rivalry, but man, like even being a CU alum and being on campus while uh, they were in the Pac-12 and having those rivalry games, I don't think anyone cared about that. People care about Nebraska. They care about CSU. Frankly, I think they care more about beating Kansas than beating Utah. And the only, the rivalries they're losing, the only ones where I think there's any heat are Arizona and Utah. When we talk about the Schools from the Pac-12 that are most likely to follow Colorado to the Big 12, it's the Arizona schools in Utah. Um, so I don't even know if they're losing a rivalry necessarily. And even if they are, that those Arizona and Utah rivalries are far less serious than Kansas, Kansas State even, I'd say, and, and CU. Yeah, I mean, it, look, th- that relationship is already there. <clears throat> and so I, I think there, there are certain things we have to talk about when it comes to Colorado of this is a win for the Big 12. But it's not the same as bringing in Oklahoma or Texas. You're not replacing Oklahoma or Texas from a branding standpoint or a quality of of, of opponent standpoint. You're you're bringing in a program that was that I mean hasn't just hasn't been very good on the field or on the court. You're bringing in a program that you had a relationship with. This isn't like pulling somebody random. I mean, it will be a to me a bit almost a bigger deal to bring in an Arizona or any other Pac-12 team that's been part of the Pac-12 since it formed back in the 70s. Like yeah. so it's it, I I'm not trying to like not be excited about Colorado. This is a big win for the Big 12 because of the way people have talked about and viewed the Big 12 since 2010. But there like it's not to downplay it, but it's a win but it's not it's not enough and i don't i don't think the like my opinion the pac 12 is not going to like die is the pac 12 as we know it 
in shambles. It's been that way ever since USC and UCLA left. But like that conference will find a way to survive by picking off of pieces from other conferences in theory. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that's what we're going to see. Um, I think Oregon and Washington are out. I think there's a pretty good chance Arizona and Utah are out. Definitely Utah. The Arizona schools we'll see. They're they're probably a little tougher. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know what they'll do. Maybe San Diego State, Boise State makes some geographical sense and is solid. I, I think maybe even some sort of combination with the Mountain West – uh, or again, like you said, it might just be a poaching of Mountain West schools. Um, I, I just, then what happens to the Mountain West at that point? Maybe the Mountain West dissolves. It's going to be an interesting trickle down because I, I agree. Pac, the Pac-12 is going to look for solutions. I think they might've been blindsided by this to some extent, which is the fact that you were blindsided at all by this is pretty embarrassing. Um, but I, uh, they're not completely blindsided by it. I think they at least knew it was a possibility and they've had some talks with some schools. I think San Diego State's move from a couple weeks ago, a month ago, I forget exactly how long ago that was when- they, It feels like it's been a while. Right, when they when they had that moment where they're like, we're leaving the Mountain West. Actually, never mind, we're staying. <laughs> I think that speaks to maybe the Pac-12 looking to make some moves. So I think they'll survive, but I really think Oregon and Washington and Utah are out. And okay, like the CU's the smallest headline in that, but in the near future, that conference is without USC, is without UCLA, is without Utah, is without Washington, is without Oregon. Man, it's hard to take the schools in that conference seriously all of a sudden. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to the Pac-12 in the coming months. Um, As the Big 12 looks to add a 14th team, at least, um, they've been... That is the messaging right now is they're going to get one more. I think all the focus right now is on Arizona. So we'll kind of see how that develops for Colorado. I mean, Rick George, I don't, I think he said the word stable or stability in his press conference enough times that if you took a shot for every one of them, you're still hung over. Um, stability is also obviously a big thing, knowing how much money they're going to get because Colorado will get pro rata. They're going to get the 31.7 million, like every other big 12 school under the new contract. The money is good. The stability is good. Access to Texas is good. I'm curious what else you see from a win for Colorado. Like, What are some things in your mind that the move to the Pac-12 hurt or didn't work out in the way that they thought it would that a return to the Big 12 should help improve? Man, that's a good question. I think just maybe the management. I think it's so clear that Brett Yormark is doing an amazing job with the Big 12. You talk about this kind of being a a watershed or a landmark moment for the big 12 after how they've been talked about for a decade and a half, just about now they're being talked as this talked about as the stable conference. And I think that has to do with what Brett, your, your mark has brought to the big 12 and what George Klofkoff and Larry Scott did with pac 12. I don't think they did a good job. I think they, the media rights stuff is, terrible you you have a statement from klovkov like a week ago right at at pac-12 media days where he's talking about not getting a media deal and saying it's a good thing because it improves the conference's leverage like that's in that's how (laughs) how is that a good thing that's insanity like the writing on the wall espn's not an idiot they cover sports for a living believe it or not and they know that you guys are in trouble if you don't get your media rights packet they have all the cards they have all the leverage in this situation um 
and that's just a small example, but I think the incredible mismanagement of the PAC 12, um, paired with solid management from the big 12. And also just, I think you guys have been better. Maybe it's been being lifted by Oklahoma and Texas and then Kansas and basketball. Um, but even like the teams like Baylor and TCU springing up, I feel like the big 12 has been a lot more relevant than the PAC 12. Um, and I don't know how much of a, a factor that was in, in the administration's decision, but I know it's a factor in the fan base's excitement. Uh, the Pac-12 is such an afterthought to all of media, to all of voters, to all of fans, to all of these recruits and the re- families of those recruits who would like to see their kids' games. Um, the same can't be said for the Big 12, which is in three time zones. Or four. Is it four now? Uh, it will be... Well, is Colorado West enough? Colorado, Utah? I mean, in theory, in theory, it's four time zones because you could you could put some Colorado BYU after dark if you absolutely need to. Like, I, we'll see. Um, I mean, this gets clo- the Big 12 closer to that goal that Brett Yormack has. I mean, OK, so so let's ask this then. I mean, Deion Sanders was named the head coach of Colorado on December 3rd. We sit here recording this on July 28th. So we're at roughly what, 10 months, the last 10 months. Hmm. I mean, is this the best 10 months as a Colorado Buffs fan in the last, like, how long? I mean, maybe since the national, definitely in my lifespan, uh, born in the late 90s, I can't think of a more optimistic time. Um, I think the football team might be sneaky good next year. Like, I know it's crazy because you're looking at such a turnaround from an absolute garbage fire, but they've brought in a lot of talent. I think they're at least going to be able to put up points and it'll just be like, can the defense hold up well enough against the run that they aren't just trounced over? I think that's enough to, to hit that three and a half win mark. Um, But then just the future is so exciting. Like Colorado fans, have never gotten to celebrate on social media about like stealing a recruit from Alabama or Florida state or Georgia or Texas or Oklahoma. Like that is crazy. Like it just has never happened. It's like, Ooh, I hope we can beat out the CSU Rams for this two star. And now you're seeing five stars that were offered by every single blue blood school to see you. Um, Yes, of course it happened or what matters is what happens on the field. And we can talk about talent index, you know, kind of as part of that and all that stuff, but it's just exciting to be in the conversation, like be uh, college football's problem. I think is that it's fairly regional. You know, there's a few areas of the country that matter and the rest of the countries are uh, uh, stomping mats for everyone, walking mats for everyone else. Um, it's cool to see CU get some wins over those programs you never expect. And then while that's going on, I kind of already laid it out, but the basketball team and the women's basketball team have a brighter future than they've ever had. The women's team since they had Seal Berry in the early 2000s and the men's basketball team in the modern NCAA tournament era. Uh, this team's never made the Sweet 16 before, and they have a very good chance to do that next year. In fact, I think it'd be a disappointment if they don't. Uh, I, I would advise Colorado to either add baseball or softball as you are returning back to the Big 12, something that would be worth uh, adding in. Don't, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with the skiing program. We don't have skiing in the Big 12. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I, I imagine they can't lose the skiing, but we'll have to, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to make some uh, 
compromises. The baseball team might be doable. I know there's been some clamoring for baseball for a while on campus and the, uh, they have a club team um, that I think won like the club tournament this year. So there's something there. Maybe we can join in. (laughs) in Zach, appreciate your time, man. Just uh, trying to take everything in that's going on is like trying to drink from a fire hose, but uh, uh, it's it's still an enjoyable experience. So enjoy it, man. And uh, enjoy covering your, uh, your buffs this season. Absolutely. Will do. Thank you a ton for having me. Podcast Network.